everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. I have a couple of things I want to go over with you guys today, but first I just want to say I hope you're having a blessed day out there. hope things are going well. I hope you're not too stressed or too worried or too depressed. Uh, I hope that, uh, I know because I'm about to report some kind of upsetting stuff, but at the end there will be some encouragement and why we should not allow uh, the spirit of depression or oppression to take root, why we do have reason to hope. And I do believe God is moving on our behalf behind the scenes. There are real remnant warriors that are out there that God is using in this time and uh, he's, he's waking up a lot of people. And so we're going to talk about some of those things toward the end of the broadcast. But first, I want to talk about this story. And forgive me if you're watching uh, the video version. We are trying to do the video version of the show more now because some people like watching. But that's fine. I don't mind that. But you're, you're going to see me reading from my notes. And so uh, as long as you're okay with that, I'm okay with doing a video. Um, so pro-life evangelicals, evangelicals for Biden. Uh, you know, this has been uh, a story that's perplexing for me. I don't know if you saw it in the last day or so, but apparently there's this group of evangelicals. Now, at first, I honestly, I'll be completely truthful and transparent with you. I felt like this was just a Soros plant, like this is a renta evangelical, which we do know that George Soros has done a significant amount of pouring money into shell organizations that appear to be Christians and appear to be evangelicals. And so when I saw this evangelicals for Biden story, you know, I thought to myself, ah, this, this is just another one of those. But, but the thing is that's so interesting about this is, is that they, they're actually coming out now and they're saying that they're disappointed in Joe Biden. So I don't want to fully attack these people because maybe they just really lack discernment and, uh, if that's the case, then we, there's a problem here. Houston, we have a problem because if there's really a pastor that somehow thought that Joe Biden was going to be for our values, that's really what I've been arguing about uh, this whole time is, is, again, I'm not Mr. Republican Party. I'm not all about politics. I know people try to put me in that, uh, you know, that geist or whatever, but that's not who I am. I'm, I'm a pastor who cares about our country who cares about our freedom, our freedom of religion, our freedom of speech. And uh, that's why I have actually the Religious Liberty Coalition. And so I stand for religious liberties. Uh, I stand for you know, our freedoms, freedom of speech, our, our constitution, uh, the, the original intention that our founding fathers had put together, I think, the greatest republic in the history of our world. And uh, we love America. We love our country. We, we want to see the next generation be able to thrive and prosper and have the same freedoms that we've enjoyed. And uh, you know, it's very concerning when I see pastors under attack. It's very concerning when I see uh, freedom of speech and censorship, you know, being one of the top stories that unfortunately we have to address. But that's where we are. So uh, I want to talk about this pro-life evangelicals for Biden. You know, to me, they're the theological equivalent of, of a Karen. You ever heard that? Like, you know, Karen in a department store screaming for the manager, totally devoid of self-awareness. Uh, here's how normal people would have handled this. Uh, uh oh, we did something really stupid. We endorsed Biden. Let's not remind people of our folly by writing a letter that will remind everyone. But no, they actually wrote a letter. So I'm going to read some notes from my friend, evangel uh, evangelist Mario, Mario Murillo. He, he put some great thoughts, which I thought really encompassed kind of what I was feeling as well. And Mario is a really articulate writer. So I'm going to read what he said. He says, speaking of lack of awareness, just look at their name, pro-life evangelicals for Biden. He said their name is self-canceling, you know, kind of like saying godly atheist. Like I said, it's an oxymoron. 
He said, what did they expect? He lied to us. Joe Biden always lies. He lied about his grades. He lied about his achievements. He lied about China. He lied about his son, Hunter. He is a liar and always has been a liar. Again, what do you expect? And he put the link to the letter, which you can go. It's www.prolifeevangelicalsforbiden.com. It's actually a real website. And uh, we, we were like, who are these people? Are there, you know, who? I want to know the names. I want to know the names of these people. Who, are, are they really prominent leaders in the body of Christ? Who, are these people that I would know? Are these household names? I don't know any of these people. I just want you to know that none of the names rung a bell with me. And I, I just wonder who these people are, but you know, there are churches out there. I know people that have churches and certain movements that were pro Biden. I remember, you know, people reaching out to me. So there are real, you know, real pastors that were Biden. And I know that you probably know some, some Christians or quote Christians, some maybe real Christians that were just deceived. And so we have to address this issue because if these are real believers that truly are saved and they just lack the discernment, we got to talk about this. So you know, uh, continuing from Mario's letter, he said, wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall when the pro-life evangelicals for Biden extracted a promise from him? Here's a quote from their letter. The Biden team wanted to talk to us during the campaign to gain our support. And we gave it on the condition there would be active dialogue and common ground solutions on the issue of abortion. Well, there's been no dialogue since the campaign. And this is what Mario said. He said, oh, you poor things. You trusted a campaign promise and you voted for him. But now Biden won't talk to you about abortion. Well, reread that naive sentence again. They actually believe they would get common ground solutions on abortion from the most pro-abortion, thieving, dishonest administration in history. <laughs> they made a deal with the devil and now they feel hurt. And do you uh, pro-life or, you know, I guess pro-Biden evangelicals believe you have a snowballs of a chance that Biden will be threatened or feel your remorse for using you? Do you think anything will come from your letter? He said, I will digress for a moment. Something happens of the brain, you know, to the brain of certain conservative Christian leaders when they taste the smugness of academia. They yearn to prove that Christians can be as smart as, quote, regular intellectuals. Instead, their insecurity drives their mind to oxymorons. The Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You know, they despise Trump because of his personality, because of his tweets. You know, Trump was the most pro-life president ever. They found him to be crude, too crude for the elite class, educated in ivy-covered halls, halls that they want to be accepted in. So they said, look at us. Look how sophisticated our Christianity is. We're woke. We're woke. Their need for acceptance outweighed the need to stand for righteousness. Again, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. In their letter, they say they feel hurt and abused. They have no right to feel that way. The ones who are actually hurt and abused are the thousands of Christians who looked uh, at them and you know looked up to them and relied on them to provide godly counsel on the election. Instead, their reckless disregard for counsel and wisdom, they helped usher in the most antichrist administration America has ever known and aided in empowering the death mills of Planned Parenthood. You signed that letter, aided evil in the name of good. Unbelievable. Instead of whining that Biden lied to you, lied to you, you should be repenting for voting for Biden in the first place. And even worse, you should be repenting for leading others to violate their Christian conscience. 
I want to read that letter because it encompasses, like I said, the exact feeling that I have right now. As, as I do have mercy, you know, I, I tend to be kind and merciful because that's, a, a, you know, what Christ expects of us. And he says is in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we believe and, and actively pursue the word of God and, and, and to live our lives in righteousness and to do the right thing. So I am willing, as I said in a recent post, to forgive people that voted for Biden. Maybe you were caught up in in the lies of the propaganda and the mainstream corporate media. Um, you know, maybe you just didn't pray about it. I don't know. You know, I always tell people, ask the Holy Spirit, pray about it, seek God actively, fast over it. it I, you know, I find it hard to believe with all the facts. And, and, and I, you know, I have a special stake in this argument, if you will. I have a special, because as you know, <laughs> I fought so hard for our country, for our freedom, for our future, for our children. I really, really fought, ladies and gentlemen. I know many of you did as well. You fought hard. And uh, we're disappointed in those that, that lacked the discernment. That's why I say one of the most important things that we have right now is wisdom and discernment because there are lying spirits. They're, they want to deceive us. The Bible says, test the spirits. Uh, the Bible also says, you know them by their fruit. All you have to do is look at the fruit of a man like Joe Biden and see the man is, like Mario said, a liar. He's lied on so many occasions, it's almost not even, we're not even able to count all the times it's been so many. He's, he's, he's really rolled out his entire campaign on, on deception. And, you know, I can't speak 100% about all the things I'd like to because some of the social media that we're streaming on would take down our account. But we know there's been a tremendous amount of fakery. Uh, there's been a, a major issue with election integrity that many are still fighting for on multiple fronts. And so we need to continue to stay in this fight. In fact, this Thursday, tomorrow, I'm going to be having a call with remnant leaders. It's not going to be the end-all, be-all. It's not going to be the only call that we ever do. It's the first call that we're doing where we're actually providing a Zoom that you can come on and be a part of the conversation, and we can look at each other face-to-face -face and actually come up with some real solutions. And that's uh, some of what I'm going to present on this call. I'm not going to have some celebrity guests come on or you know some big person because I really want to spend the time talking about the issue and trying to find some actionable solutions. And so that's what the next segment, as we come back from this commercial break, is going to be. We're going to actually talk about uh, one of the most disturbing bills I've ever seen in my life, HR1. Many people are asking me about it. I'm going to go through this in depth, and we're going to talk about some actions and some things that we can do right now with HR1 and some of these other awful policies that the Biden quote-unquote administration, I still call it that, is trying to push through, ram through, with their 50 executive orders and, and just unbelievable, the things that we're witnessing at the border. I talked about on a live stream this morning, uh, just an absolute debacle, total uh, humanitarian crisis at the border. If you ever think that the media uh, is not biased, then all you have to do is look at the border because the reporting uh, under the Trump administration, what they were doing to the Trump administration, I should say, in their, in their false reporting that children were in cages and all these awful things that they made all these people freak out on the left and they were attacking me and probably attacking you and saying all this awful stuff. Well, it's crickets now crickets now from the same mainstream media. Meanwhile, we have the biggest crisis on our border. They're saying over 100,000 people have entered our country illegally. It is an absolute crisis. There are children separated. Um, the, these border facilities are at the max capacity. And uh, this is during what Biden himself called a dark winter. So it's interesting how amazingly uh, quickly 
the virus concerns have gone away now, especially when it comes to Southern border. And by the way, are your children back in school yet? Because I know a lot of children that aren't back in school, but Biden felt it was okay to fill the facilities at the border. No problem there uh, with people coming over COVID infected. No problem there. Uh, but he he's instead worried about that, not fixing it, just bringing people here and uh, assimilating them into our country as fast as possible and abolishing ICE and doing all the just unbelievable, despicable things that we're seeing that are almost you know, beyond outrage. And yet our children, American children, are still not back in school in many places. Our veterans are not being taken care of. How, how about homeless veterans? How about veterans that are coming back that have fought with blood, sweat, and tears, our wars, and, and yet we're not helping them. We're not helping them financially like we should be. We're not helping them with housing. We're not helping them giving them handouts of government money. But for whatever reason, that's okay to do to people that aren't our citizens. That's okay under the Joe Biden. I hope that the people that I mentioned, the, the people that voted for Biden, maybe they didn't write the letter. Maybe they're not part of this group. Uh, but, but I hope everybody is seeing what's happening in our country. So we'll be right back with more of the Todd Coconato Show. Hello, my name is Pastor Todd Coconato, and this broadcast is brought to you by Remnant Ministries, and we are fully self-funded. We have been attacked on social media and literally cannot even do any advertisement or get any monetary compensation for anything that we do online. So the only way that we're able to do these broadcasts is by your support. I need your help, guys. We really feel called of God to get this information out, but we can't do it without your listener support. You are crucial. You're a critical part of what God is doing in this ministry. If you are able, please go to www.toddcoconato.com slash give. That's T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O dot com slash give. And please help us in this fight that we're in. Thank you so much. And may God bless you. Okay, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show. This is The Remnant. Thank you, Remnant Warriors. Welcome, Gideon's 300, back to the program. Uh, I really appreciate you guys, by the way, the Remnant Warriors and the Gideon's 300 and uh, the letters that you write me, the emails. You are the biggest encouragement. And yes, there are the people that write the mean letters and attack me and all that stuff. But the Remnant Warriors are what keep me and our small team uh, encouraged. And we know that you're praying and we feel your prayers. So thank you. I want to talk about some positive stuff, by the way, towards the end of the broadcast. But I want to talk about uh, this very scary bill called HR1. I know I've mentioned some of it. Uh, we've kind of articulated uh, 20, what is it, 29 things here. It's a lot to read. Uh, I'll try to get through it as quick as I can. Uh, 29 concerning things about this piece of legislation. Now, I'm believing that this is not going to go through. You know, everybody wants honest elections, Democrats supposedly. I don't know if I believe that, but they say they do. Republicans, independents, libertarians, everyone should want fair, free elections. And this bill goes exactly the wrong way. So what we're going to do is just lay out, and they're calling it the For the People Act of 2021. You know, they always give it these great names, For the People. It's not for the people at all. It's for fraud. I call it the Democrat cheating bill because that's what it is. It's really a license to cheat. And we've already seen so many people that are worried about the uh, the election integrity, the, the 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 voting system here in America, if their votes truly count, you know, uh, they're trying to figure out, should I even vote anymore? I have people telling me, Pastor Todd, should I even vote? And of course you should, but we need to get this thing fixed and we need to get this right. 
So HR1, it legalizes nationwide vote by mail with no photo, photo ID requirement. So states must provide for an absentee vote by mail in the elections for federal office and may not require an individual to provide any form of ID as a condition for obtaining an absentee ballot. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, that's unbelievable, yet that's the truth. HR1 mandates universal no-fault absentee ballots. Everyone gets a ballot by mail. This is unbelievable. The legislation does away with the witness signature or notarization requirement on absentee ballot applications. Everyone gets a ballot, even with the massive inaccuracy of voter registration rolls of double listing people who have moved and dead people. The last election gave 450,000 bad addresses. This is just uh, in California um, alone. 450,000 folks. All the state's voter rolls are a mess. It's not just California, by the way. Um, Number three, HR1 forces ballot harvesting in every state. Now, this is diabolical, friends. Diabolical. I've, I've witnessed firsthand what voter uh, ballot harvesting does in California. It's it's what's really created the one-party rule there. And, it, you know, the one-party rule is just the worst thing ever because you can't get away from it. Once they're in power, it's like, that's it. And that's what we're afraid is going to happen for the country is, is that they're going to get all these ridiculous, you know, like that ballot harvesting in, in place in all these red states, and they're going to flip the states, turn them over. They would love to see Texas turn blue. They'd love to see Florida turn blue. And they, they feel like they're on the cusp of doing that, especially with bringing in all these non-citizens and people from out of, out of state that are all leaving these you know blue states like California, New York, and they're going to these red states because they get a better life, but then they don't change the way they vote. So you know we don't mind if people move if they're conservative uh, because I get it, right? A lot of people are doing that, but, but hey, don't be a a, a Democrat who hates the policies of the state of California or of New York or of New Jersey or one of these blue states. And then you move to a state that's historically a red state and, and there's a better quality of life. The taxes are less. There's all these, these positive things about it. And then you move there and you vote for the policies that turned your previous state into the, the way that it is now. It just doesn't make any sense. So you got to stop it. Uh, we can't, we can't let ballot harvesting folks to happen. It, it's a nightmare. There's no audit trail. No one knows who these people are. It's organized politically. It's, it's really, really a disaster. I have to tell you, it's really a disaster. HR uh, one mandates automatic voter registration in all 50 states. Here again is a major problem. This means that anyone giving personal inf- information to a designated government agency, such as the Department of Motor Vehicles, Obamacare, welfare, food stamps, a public university, or a social security agency would automatically be registered to vote. That is unbelievable. In fact, it fully opens the door for millions of ineligible um, non-citizens to vote as well. 19 states currently have some form of ABR, automatic voter registration, including California. Uh, Number five, HR1 requires states to accept ballots 10 days after the election. Well, we just saw the debacle of 2020. This bill requires states to accept any mail-in ballot postmark before or on election day if it's received within 10 days of the election. HR1 number six bans state voter ID laws. Now, I happen to be located in the state of Tennessee, and Tennessee has voter ID laws. And I'll tell you, have you heard of any major problems in Tennessee? No. Uh, So same for some of these other states. It it went very smooth. Why did it go smoothly? Because there's voter ID. It should be a no-brainer. You need voter ID to get into the Democrat National Convention. You need voter ID 
you know, to, to buy alcohol. You need voter ID to buy cigarettes. You need voter ID to enter a bar. Why do you not need voter ID for the most basic fundamental right of American citizens, which is our right to vote? Number seven, HR1 prevents election officials from removing dead, hello, non-resident or un- otherwise ineligible voters from registration lists or from confirming the eligibility of voters. That's a problem. Number eight, HR1 prohibits the publication of misleading information about elections, silencing opposition to the socialist Democrats. Well, of course, of course, they don't want that. You know, they don't want anybody exposing who they are. Come on, don't expose me. You know, even though it's the truth, right? HR1 urges statehood and representation for Washington, D.C. and U.S. territories. So the bill, uh, is basically saying the United States is the only democratic country that denies both voting rep- uh, res- representation in the national legislature and local self-government to the residents of its nation's capital. The bill also appoints a commission that would work for congressional representation and presidential electoral votes. This means there would be two new Democrat senators and at least one new Democrat congressperson because every state gets two. So you would have two uh, H.R. 1 allows politicians to use the campaign funds for personal use. How ironic that after falsely accusing Donald Trump of using campaign funds for personal expense during the 2016 presidential campaign, Democrats want to give themselves permission. Isn't it funny? Just like um, Gavin Newsom, you know, all of a sudden he wants signature verification. Why didn't you want signature verification during the most important and consequential election history? But you want it on the recall. It's, It's amazing, right? Do as I as I say, not as I do, apparently. Uh, number 11, HR1, allow same-day voter registration at the polls. Yeah, nothing could go wrong there, right? HR1, number 12, usurps the authority granted to state legislators in the Constitution to set election rules for federal elections in their individual states. So this is a debacle. This is a disaster. The bill would give Congress the power to overrule election laws in 50 states, including determining where voters are allowed to cast their ballots in federal elections, which is clearly prohibited by the last phrase of section four friends i want to i want to make sure that you understand you understand and you're seeing what's happening here what they're trying to do is completely overrule our constitution our rule of law and this is why we're fighting people say well you, you got to get out of the political fight and just go back to preaching and i i trust me it's my favorite thing to do is preach jesus and i believe he is our only hope in this entirety of the situation uh, i believe if america and the church does not return back to god there is no hope I believe that a revival is coming. I believe that uh, you know God is hearing the prayers of the righteous remnant. I say it every day. And I would love to just be talking about those things, worship, the word of God. And when I'm in the pulpit, that's primarily what I talk about. But on my show, I'm addressing these things because these are clear and present danger to our future and our freedom. And if, if we, the church, don't speak about them and we just let it happen, we're going to wake up in a socialist, communist country. It's We're on the, on the cusp, on the verge of seeing that right now. And that means that our religious liberties and freedoms are also targeted. Trust me, they are coming for your religious liberties and freedoms. I am in the fight every day. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So there's a high cost. And I know people don't like me just to talk about these things. They'd rather me just be encouraging. And and we're going to get to some encouragement, but we have to talk about these things. Number 13, it ensures illegal immigrants can vote. Again, no problem there, right? Number 14, it allows felons to vote. (laughs) No problem there either. Uh, number 15, it mandates early voting. So this bill, each state shall allow individuals to vote in election for federal office during an early voting period, which allows, uh, which occurs prior to the date of the election. 
I don't really mind that one so much. I'm just going to be honest here. I don't mind early voting. I just think the election should be done on election day. I don't think it should continue for 10 more days. I think that's the problem. That's what we saw were the huge spikes and the big ballot dumps in the middle of the night and all the all the nefarious things that happened. I'm, I'm okay with early voting personally because I know some people maybe can't get out on the voter day or they like to vote early. That's fine. As long as it's being counted and there's a chain of, uh, you know, uh, we could see who had the... The, you know, the, the whole evidence chain, in other words, you know, uh, custody, chain of custody. Number 16, H.R. 1 mandates that states make up unsupervised absentee voter boxes available for 45 days within an election. Oh, yeah, nothing to go wrong there. Right. Again, uh, the, the chain of custody totally broken there. And that, by the way, that happened in 2020. That's what one of the issues that we're having. Major issue. Number 17, H.R. 1 requires states to allow voter registration for those under 18. Okay, so now we're going to 16-year-olds voting, and, and they're being influenced by what? MTV, their teachers who are probably liberal, you know, all different types of things. They're, they're, what the left is just doing is they're just trying to ensure that they're going to win. They're looking for every low-hanging fruit, felons, children, everything that they can possibly do to, to up their chances. Crazy stuff, folks. Crazy stuff. Number 18, it requires states to get permission from the federal government before making any voter changing rules. Again, big brother. More government, more government oversight, more government overreach. Number 19, H.R. 1 requires independent congressional, uh, congressional redistricting commissions to be established. So, of course, the Democrats are always looking to redistrict because when they're able to redistrict, they are able to take away more seats in the House. That's how they have the majority, by the way, right now between ballot harvesting and redistricting and all those things. Uh, number 20, H.R. 1 creates a national commission to protect the United States democratic institutions. Let's let's read into this a little more. The bill establishes a 10 member commission, only four of whom would be selected by the minority party. So there you go. The commission would study elections and produce a report after 18 months making recommendations. Well, that goes along with the last one, making recommendations for redistricting to improve their chances of winning. Number 21. H.R. 1 mandates new disclosures and restrictions for corporations participating in elections. Uh, on that one, I'm not really sure I'm, I'm, I'm necessarily against, but I'd have to read into it more. I don't think the corporations should be involved in the elections because most of the corporations are liberal. Uh, but this bill codifies the Democrat Disclose Act, which would restrict corporate participation in elections. Democrats say the provision will reveal the sources of so-called dark money. Republicans object to the bill's transparency requirements, which they say will be a violation of free speech rights. So we'll have to look into that more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that that's a major one for me, but they're saying it's a clear violation of the separation of powers. So that, that that's a good argument. The bill states the Supreme Court's misinterpretation of the Constitution to empowered uh, moneyed interests in the expense of the American people in elections has seriously eroded over 100 years of congressional action to promote fairness and protect elections from toxic influence of money. Never mind that Democrats accept campaign donations from foreign countries. Yeah, why aren't they making that illegal? In violation of campaign finance law. The bill goes even further, recommending that the Constitution should be amended so the Congress and the states may regulate and set limits on the raising and spending of money. So what I think this will do is it'll probably empower the Democrats and it'll probably go against the Republicans, which that's obviously why they have their eye on that. Number 23, H.R. 1 establishes oversight of online political advertising. Number 24, H.R. 1 requires campus vote coordinators Aha. at colleges and universities. The bill requires institutions of higher education to hire an official to inform students about elections and encourage them to vote Democrat, of course. Uh, 
government grants will be given to institutions that have a higher voter registration rate. Again, they're going for low-hanging fruit. Number 25, H.R. 1 prohibits state election officials from campaigning in federal elections. The bill prohibits a cheap state election administration official from taking an active part in political management or in a political campaign with respect to an election for uh, federal office over which such official has supervisory authority. Uh, number 26, H.R. 1 challenges the rules regarding conflicts of interest for the president and vice president. It requires the president or vice president to divest all financial interests that could pose a conflict of interest either for them, their families, or anyone uh, with whom they are negotiating or who is seeking employment in their administration. Now, this one, again, this one doesn't sound too bad to me. Some of these are okay, uh, but, but I, I always think there's more to it. Uh, I'm very skeptical because <laughs> usually they wouldn't put it in there unless it's beneficial for their uh, cause. So I, I'm sure there's more to that. But uh, as it stands right here, it doesn't sound so bad in that particular part of H.R. 1. 27 H.R. 1 changes the Federal Elections Commission. Now, this is very troubling. Rules to require presidential candidates to provide their tax returns. The bill states no later than the date. That is 15 days after the date on which uh, an individual becomes a covered candidate, the individual shall, shall submit to the Federal Election Commission a copy of the individual's income tax returns for the 10 most recent taxable years uh, for which a return has been filed with the Internal Revenue Service. Now, see, on these ones, okay, it's troubling because we know that they've targeted Donald Trump on this, the entirety of his presidency, and they're just looking for something to accuse him. But at the same time, this one, again, does not sound so bad to me. And, and for those of you that know the law better than me. Maybe you'll understand uh, better. But but for me, I think every elected official, to be honest, I would like to see Nancy Pelosi's. And by the way, her family members. And what about Joe Biden and his son and all his interests with the Ukraine and with China? You know, are they going to show that? I mean, where's the investigation on that? Apparently, Durham's supposedly investigating this. Are we going to see any justice there? We'd like to see justice. So I'm not necessarily against that if that's what's going to happen, but I'd have to understand that a little bit better. Number 28, H.R. 1 changes the composition of Federal Elections Commission. Now, this, this is bad. Currently, the FEC is composed of six members, which is three and three, three Democrats, three Republicans. But the bill decreases. This is big. This is big, folks. This is the FEC, Federal Elections Commission. The bill decreases the number of FEC members from six to five. As many as four out of the five members can be associated with a single party. So what they're trying to do is make the FEC um, partisan. And we've already seen they failed us in 2020. So even the way that it is as it stands is already failing us because we know what happened, the biggest theft in American history. And so a lot of these, I'd say other than maybe three that I think could be possibly okay, the majority of these, and there's one more, a 29 HR1 limits access to federal courts when challenging the legislation. The bill mandates that any lawsuits challenging the constitutionality of the legislation may be filed by the District Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, one of the most radically left-leaning appeals courts in the nation. Okay, guys, so here's some action we can take. I always want to give you an action. Please call your two U.S. senators from your state. You can call them at 202-224-3121 and tell them that you want them to vote no on H.R. 1. Now, many people say, well, mine are bleeding hard liberals and they're not going to listen. Call them anyway. Flood their phones. There are some that are, uh, you know, thinking about what this might do to their political future. And they know that this could cancel their uh, ability to win again if, if the system was not corrupt. But <laughs> that's a whole nother story for another day. Right. But this bill is not eliminating 
eliminating the unnecessary obstacles to voting. It is actively encouraging millions of illegally cast votes while making it impossible to verify which ballots are legal and which are not. This is just uh, 2020 on steroids. Tell them that the For the People Act is not for the American people. It's for the Democrat politicians. Uh, a massive organized effort in support of the legislation is flooding the senator's office. Your call will not only help us offset their effort, it will also help stop the bill. Please call today. This legislation will end election integrity in the United States forever and must not be passed in the Senate. And I'm going to play a four-minute video right now from House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy speaking from the floor of the House of Representatives uh, of some of the sinister provisions of H.R. 1. Let's play that, and then we're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back. Madam Speaker, in the last election, I would get at least twice a week somebody would send me a picture of the ballots that were mailed to their home, of people who have died, of people who haven't lived there in eight years. This would guarantee that continues. Fourth, H.R. 1 politicizes the Federal Election Commission by turning it from an evenly divided commission into a partisan one. But they're also going to create a speech czar can you imagine the Federal Election Commission has an even number of Republicans and an even number of Democrats? You have the smallest majority you've had in more than 100 years. So your number one priority is to make sure you can't keep that bipartisan. Let's put our thumb on the scale and make sure we get one more Democrat than Republican. Then we could create a speech czar and tell people what to say and what they can't say. So they can't tell us in a bill we just passed that there's $140 million for a subway just outside the Speaker's office. That'd be wrong. But we also could get $200 but get $1,200 from the taxpayer. Who wouldn't want this bill? Every single Democrat does. Then H.R. 1 weaponizes the IRS. Can you imagine that? allowing them to consider an organizational political views before granting tax exemptions. So now they're going to pick and choose. You first have to go forward. You know, I thought this was unbelievable until I read this document. If you live in China and you want to fly on an airline, you can walk up to the desk. You can have your money. That doesn't determine whether you get a ticket. You know what determines whether you get a ticket? Your score. What have you said? And if you said something that government doesn't like, you can't fly on that plane. Unbelievable, right? That could never happen in America. Well, now we have a speech, sir. We've made sure the Federal Election Commission's where you are. And now we weaponize the IRS to do exactly that. Remember under President Obama's IRS? This power was abused by Lois Lerner and other bureaucrats to target conservatives, nonprofits during the 2012 election. It was a massive scandal, a clear and intolerable violation of public trust and a crime, which is why singling out groups for political views is banned. 130 nonprofits wrote to Congress to strongly object to H.R. 1. Why would nonprofits object to this? They said America should be able to support causes we believe in without fear of harassment or intimidation. Well, 
I guess they're right. Because if this majority makes the number one issue in the world of pandemic, unemployment, and kids out of school, the protection of themselves, I would be afraid too. If you're serious about restoring public trust in government, the ban must remain in place. Madam Speaker, Democrats call H.R. 1 for the People Act, but it really should be called for the Politicians Act. It's not designed to protect Americans' vote. It's designed to put a thumb on the scale in every election in America so that Democrats can turn a temporary majority into a permanent control. We are the Religious Liberties Coalition. We fight for freedom of religion and faith here in the United States. You can find us at www.rlcus.org. We will stand. Okay, welcome back, Remnant Warriors. Welcome back, Gideon's 300. Uh, I wanted to read a couple of Bible, Bible verses, and then we're going to pray with regards to being overcomers. I know many of you guys are feeling discouraged. You're like, all this stuff is such bad news, and I totally get it. And I, I don't like reporting on all the bad news, but I think we do need to be informed and continue in this fight. We can't just step away and, and be the vacuum and then let the country just be taken over by communist socialists. So we have to stand. We have to continue to fight. Uh, for, uh, John, not first John, but John 16:33. it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's Jesus Christ speaking. I have overcome the world. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We have to continue to pray fast, believe that God is moving behind the scenes. He hears the prayers of the righteous remnant. Uh, we see the direction that Joe Biden and the uh, fake administration are trying to push us in. Uh, it's very scary. It's very dark. Christians are waking up. I read the letter where even people that voted for Biden are now waking up and saying, oh my gosh, we made a mistake. I guess better late than never. I really hope that you do repent if you voted for uh, this man. I really do. Uh, but you know, we're willing to, to stand with you if, you if you're repenting and standing uh, on the principles of the word of God. And let's move together as a united body against this tyranny, against this uh, demonic agenda. First John 5, 4 says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, we can move the mountain. The faith of a mustard seed, we don't need a lot of faith. But with the faith of a mustard seed, we can move the mountain. The Lord is, is, is telling us we can do this. And I believe it. And so uh, we, need to, we need to understand that. Romans 8.37 says, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What does that mean to be a conqueror? It means that we win. It means that in the end, we win. We fight. The battles are intense. The spiritual warfare is intense. Sometimes we get weary, but the Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good. He's with us even till the end of the age. James 1.12, it says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who loved him. We have an amazing promise. We will rule and reign with Christ eternally. We'll walk the streets of gold. We will. Uh, there will be no sin. There will be no no more pain or hurt. Uh, we will be living in in His glory and His presence. And it's going to be a truly amazing time. We're just passing through in this earth. We're just passing through. Revelation three twenty one says, "The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on the throne." Ha! 
as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. That is a promise, friends. Let me tell you. Let me read one more. First John 5, 4 through 5. It says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is it that believes or overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? He is the son of God. Well, friends, thank you so much for uh, tuning into this broadcast. I know I read that last one, but I wanted to read the other part of it. Uh, who is the one that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? There's always a promise. There's always a hope in Jesus Christ. I've seen so many miracles, signs, and wonders in my life. God is still in the miracle working business. We need to get people saved, set free, healed, and delivered. That means we got to preach the full Bible. We got to stand for righteousness. Now is not the time to cower. Now is not the time to let fear grow root in our heart. As much as we see evil things trying to take over our country and our world, we have to remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for those that are remnant warriors that are watching these broadcasts faithfully, Lord God, that are helping us in our mission. And Lord God, we just pray that you would continue to give us favor, that you give us provision, that you give each and every remnant warrior strength, that you give them encouragement, Lord God, that they have been raised up for a time as this. You made them fearfully and wonderfully. I thank you for these precious people, Lord God, and we pray that you bless them according to your riches and glory. Lord, you'd give us wisdom and discernment and a strategy that's only from your Holy Spirit so that we can continue to press ahead in victory and truly be overcomers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast. If you're able to help us, it's huge. It's helpful. We need your financial help and support as well as your prayers, both of them. Extremely important. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give, T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com slash give and help us in our efforts as we do this daily broadcast. But not only this, when I get off of here, I'm still fighting until I go to bed at night, doing all different types of things, initiatives, meeting with people. Uh, we have so many things on the table right now, so many things that we're pushing back against censorship, against the attack on religious liberty and freedom. Uh, we are standing for righteousness in this hour. And I believe God is orchestrating all these divine appointments and different things that we're working on, including fighting for election integrity. But we need your support. So thank you for supporting. Thank you for praying for us. We feel your prayers and we are praying for you. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless.